Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, zip up your leather pants, slap on the clown paint, and don't forget to eat something light as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined, as always, by my pal, Mark Matsky. Hello there. Um, it is, as we're recording this, Thursday, October 8th. Uh, we are, what, like five days away from the release of Mothman Legacy when people hear this? Yes. Uh, October, Tuesday, October 20th, the Mothman Legacy launches wide. Now, if you're in the West Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky area, Pennsylvania even, uh, some of the STM crew is going to be at the Mothman Museum Saturday, October 17th for a a signing event. Um, As of right now, there's actually a decent number of us. So it's myself, it's, uh, it's... Jason is planning on coming down. It's Zach, it's Aaron, and Adrian, and Tommy. So if you've always wanted to meet my son and see what he's like when he's not getting a nap and he's in the cold all day or hot, depending on what the weather's like, uh, come down to the Mothman Museum. We're doing this signing outside as long as the weather is decent. Uh, we're going to set up a, a, a tent outside and we'll be in the tent right outside the Mothman Museum. If the weather sucks, we will be moving it indoors into the Mothman Museum. Either way, it'll be socially distanced and mask uh, required inside the building. I don't know what they're like down there exterior of the building so mask on or off if we're outside it's up to you um I think they, have masks. they do have mothman masks i know they do um i don't know if they're at the museum but point pleasant trading company has masks mothman masks so um so yeah and that's the other thing if like you've never been to point pleasant you don't know what there is to do there you can easily spend a whole day doing fun para themed things uh not even counting us but if you are coming down and you want to know what there is to do there is the mothman museum obviously there's us there's the mothman statue there's point pleasant trading company there's the state theater you can go down and take pictures of it don't go inside you'll smell the sewage um there's the silver bridge uh memorial on the other side of the wall there's the flood wall which has the murals and all the statues to Endui park which is one of my favorite places in the united states um there's the tnt area there are there's a naval museum there's a river museum there's plenty to do there's some good restaurants there's a really great mexican restaurant right on main street um that's that i recommend um so you could easily make it an entire day down there okay yeah we're there from 11 a.m to 5 p.m so we're there the bulk of the afternoon um, and the, I guess the big, the biggest point about 
being there, aside from the fact that we're there and we can sign your stuff, is you can actually get the movie. So we're selling the movie a few days early. So you can get it DVD or Blu-ray. Po- all the posters, including the Christopher Shy poster, will be there. The Sam Sheeran poster. Uh, On the Trail of UFOs posters are in. For a lot of people, they haven't seen us at an event this year. You can pick up On the Trail of UFOs on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, oh, the other thing about Mothman Legacy, aside from the signing is that it is available for pre-order on Vimeo as well. Um, let me think. What else relating to Legacy? I can't think of anything. We've got some good reviews coming back. Yeah. Um, dude. So, so we've talked. I mean, we've been pretty open on the show. This is the first time we've done a, a, a dis- distributed film, really. Uh, it, it is di- definitively the first time we've done a day and date uh, distribution agreement. So when the movie comes out, it's coming out wide and it's coming out through 1091. And what that has meant is that there's a whole new, I don't have anything to do with the marketing. And it's been insane just this week, seeing the press that we're starting to get and the, the amount of interviews I've been signed up to take just since you've gotten here, we're at five since you arrived. Um, but beyond that, there were 70, screeners requested and some of these screeners were requested by huge publications i'll have to show you the RogerEbert.com requested one um uh new york times uh, la weekly um huge huge publications have requested review copies of the film so it's a little nerve-wracking yeah um at the same time because you don't you don't know if I go into this, this is probably really going to unpack my psyche. (laughs) But you don't know, like, um, our, our audience is really great. And they're like, it's a, it's an audience that has grown over time, but you still get, you got that core that's been here from the beginning. So they've watched you grow and they love us and they support us. And they're excited when they see that growth happening. But I see, I worry like what some RogerEbert.com reviewer is going to think coming to a movie that really costs about 12K for us to make. Um, what they're going to think when they look at a movie that costs that kind of money and it's about a subject that they probably do not take seriously at all. And they see a lot of the what they might perceive as mistakes that are really probably more budgetary than anything. Um, again, like people, the other thing people probably don't know about the movie is that the crews were three people crews every time. So all three documentary trips were, were only three of us, which is the least amount of people we've had on documentary shoots since Flatwoods. Or like if you count, like when you and I did like Bigfoot or when we, any of the Bigfoot shoots, but I, I set those aside because those were not going for that filmic quality. We're just run and gun. And this, we were trying to capture like that filmic quality. It's crazy. Cause I've heard from people that this movie looks the, by far the best of any of our movies, but it's it was a three man crew every single time. Um, and then when we got into the recreations, it was a one man crew really. Um, anyway, it's just intim- It's scary to think of what someone not. I just anticipate the movie getting blasted. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's interesting to think about somebody coming into a coal. Someone who watches real movies. Well, yeah, and as you and I both know very well, people have all sorts of biases Mm -hmm. and 
preconceived notions about things like Mothman. It's yeah. an obvious example. So you know, they're going to be watching it through that filter. And I, it would be interesting to see if there's any reviews that talk about if they're, I don't know, transparent enough to say, this is what I thought going in, but maybe I thought I'm thinking about it a little bit differently now. I mean, hmm. That would be a kind of... That would be awesome, yeah. I think the other thing that concerns me is story related. And that is, this is not about the silver bridge collapse in the 1966, 67 wave. And there's already been some confusion leveled my way from people who were like, Hey, we didn't really get any of the, the stuff that I was like super interested in going into it that I thought the movie was about. So, I mean, what people don't realize too, is like Mothman of Point Pleasant for an indie documentary had a massive audience like millions of people have seen it over the years. But if you really look at that, you know, how many people there are in the United States and how many people will probably come to this movie for the first time, um, it will be a little strange for, for someone coming into it. They're going, they're probably going to wonder why we didn't tell that story, but that story has been told. So hopefully they backtrack and find that, yeah. that film. Yeah. It's kind of built in. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what, um, I, I, the big announcement that came this week is that we are finally launching the members only section of smalltownmonsters.com. Uh, it is branded, uh, the small town monster squad, which yes, is a throwback to monster squad, which is one of my favorite movies. Zach, uh, created a new logo for it, which is kind of, obviously it's a variation of the existent logo, but it's really cool. Um, and we just announced it the other day. Um, I guess we can t- just talk about what all this entails. This is a, a, a lot bigger than I think people might think. So, so let me start this by saying the, pay, the the platform we're using to host it is Patreon. Having said that, we do not consider this in any way a crowdfunding campaign. You are buying a monthly product that you are going to get your money I mean, it's essentially what we do with the Kickstarter. Um, you are paying for a, a subscription fee and you're getting back a, a massive amount of stuff for it. So we have not figured out exactly the level subscription stuff yet. So I can't talk about that yet. But what, what I can talk about is what we have coming. So um, as of this week, we are or last week, really, we are creating uh behind the scenes content. Let me run through sort of the bullet points of what we're including. And I've got, I've actually got a list of this and then we can talk a little bit more about each one of these and what all it it entails. Um, if I can find my list. Okay. So, uh, the, probably the biggest part of this for some people is going to be production diaries from every STM shoot for, from every STM shoot. Um, and that includes our back catalog. So what we're doing is we're going all the way back to Beast of Whitehall and cre- and taking all the behind-the-scenes content we have from every movie and creating behind-the-scenes content that will take you through the, the production of that shoot. Some of the shoots are going to be smaller than others. Other shoots, there might be very little, like Boggy Creek Monster, mainly because Boggy Creek Monster has massive amounts of behind-the-scenes content already available. The DVD alone has like three hours worth of BTS on it. Um, so we don't really need to create a ton more for for Boggy. Um, the, for an example of what we're doing, um, 
with the back catalog, uh, Aaron just finished a 20 or a 17. It's an 18 minute production diary for the Mothman legacy. That is an in-depth interview with me that kind of walks you through the entire production and includes a lot of behind the scenes content, uh, or shots behind the scenes, clips, stuff like that. But that's kind of the outlier. Um, some of these shoots, we have hours and hours of behind the scenes footage. And what you'll find as you're watching this is that the films like Momo, um, Mothman, Terror in the Skies, they're going to be shorter form, 10, 15 minute videos. And there might be two or three, there might just be one. Um, and it'll walk you through sort of the entire production. We're really going to go in depth on, you know, you'll get to watch scenes play out for much longer than you do on the behind the scenes stuff on DVDs. Um, when we get into on the trail of that's that changes really dramatically with on the trail of UFOs. So uh, cataloging on the trail of UFOs behind the scenes yesterday, one single day of the Arizona Nevada trip is almost eight hours. So we've got, we've got massive amounts of footage and that was always going to be part of on the trail of when we started expanding after Bigfoot. Um, the idea was to actually launch the members only section with the UFOs trip last year. This year we're launching it with the new UFOs. So you, on November 1st, this all goes live. Um, so in addition to all the back catalog, uh, production diaries, you'll be getting daily production diary updates in the field at the end of each day, uh, shot and edited by Aaron, um, so literally at the end of each day, you're going to get a video of what we did during that day. And it, it might be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes long. And it's going to really take you through the entire day that we just finished. Um, now, he did that on Boggy. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of people might not realize that because that was four years ago or whatever. But, but at the end of each day, Kickstarter backers were getting a seven to eight minute long video that, that kind of took our audience, our backers with us along on what we had just literally just finished doing. Um, these things are going to be done, you know, as you're, as we're finishing our day, you're going to be catching up on what we just did. The other big part of all of this that we always wanted to do, and we're still figuring this out, um, from a tech standpoint, uh, one of the big parts of this is live content. So there's going to be, when we're on a shoot, we always wanted this to be a part of it, but we want you to be able to, come with us to some of these locations. And what that means is like when we're doing a night ops in Saudi Daisy uh, wilderness area with Les Odell and the moth boys, Aaron's going to be live broadcasting that. So <clears throat> you'll be able to kind of like hop into the, the shoot with us and witness the insanity. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, the other big part of that is like location tours. Mm -hmm. What that would mean is like when we're, when we're in a place like the bell cabin, will take you through the cabin. Yeah. I mean, like, like when we're at a sighting, a witness location, we'll go through the witness area and mm -hmm. show you like Chestnut Ridge, whatever. Um, the big thing about the launching this with on the, the shoot of on the trailer of UFOs, uh, dark sky is that you'll, we're, we're, we have multiple events planned, multiple quote unquote adventure, uh, aspects of this trip plan. And we're still working on more. We're, we're trying to organize this like ATV 
uh, ride up to the top of this mountain one night and all kinds of stuff. So, so we want that all to be, I'm not positive how much of that logistically you can pull off live, but we want as much of that kind of stuff live as possible. Um, it, the, the live content's great, but the biggest thing is like when people join something like this, I think they want to know that they're not just joining and there's like two things in the, in the kit and that yeah. they watch for 10 minutes and then they're done. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be other stuff. We're, we're launching a small town monsters podcast. That'll be, um, Zach, Aaron, Jason, and Adrian. And then I'm sure I'll be a part of it, but I'm mm-hmm. kind of like there to oversee and just make sure everything goes okay. And that's so, so we can really get the whole crew mm-hmm. kind of talking about making movies. Um, that will be a big part of this. Uh, there's, uh, plans to launch a newsletter or e-magazine as well. I, I mean, I guess uh, I have to mention this isn't all behind the scenes production and stuff. We want this to be as much about cryptids and the paranormal and the subject matter as it is about small town monsters. So uh, the e-mag is going to be very focused on that kind of stuff, like mm-hmm. the cryptids and the paranormal. And maybe Mark will be involved with that. Um, the, the other big thing that we're working on is exclusive merchandise. So Zach is really into the idea of patches and buttons and has been for a long time. So we're going to try to integrate that stuff. But we also have exclusive T-shirts that we have going all the way back to Beast of Whitehall. We have T-shirt designs that we've never used. Um, so we're hoping this is our opportunity to do that. Um, that probably the T-shirt thing won't be at launch. But if the numbers get high enough, we're going to add more in. I mean, I guess... We also are going to constantly be expanding this thing as it grows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to this, and I'm leaving all sorts of things out. Let me run down. Oh, uh, uh, two big things. Uh, deleted scenes and uncut interviews. So the uncut interviews, um, we're going to take basically every single interview from every Small Town Monsters movie that we can get our hands on and post them uh as a uh, video. So you'll be able to watch the entire three hour Stan Gordon invasion oh, on Chestnut Ridge interview. Wow. Uh, you'll be able to watch the Stan Gordon interview from uh, on the trail of Bigfoot. You'll be yeah. able to watch David Weatherly's three hour interview. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the on the trail of UFOs interviews alone, the average runtime was an hour, but some of them stretched to three and a half. All those will be available. Every witness interview, all, all of this is going to be posted. Um, and then the other thing is deleted scenes. There are deleted scenes, movies that, uh, scenes that got cut from movies. One mm-hmm. stood out to me this morning. Um, actually that we even shot recreations for, and then never, oh, wow. we never made. So we're going to post all that stuff. The, um, running down this list a little more, uh, members only podcast got that. Oh, members only sales for the web store. So, so we're going to do that. So you'll get exclusive uh, money off on the STM store, $5 gift cards for members to the STM store. Uh, and then the other thing that I'm still figuring out is I really want to be able to get case files involved in this somehow. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping we can use this to relaunch case files as well. That will not be a part of this at launch, but at launch, we, our goal, I can tell you our goal is to have uh five to seven hours of, uh, of behind the scenes content alone. That doesn't include uncut interviews. That's just behind the scenes stuff. We want to have five to seven hours of that Mm -hmm. at launch. Um, Plus, plus the podcast and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, as a 
fan and potential viewer. Mm. The idea that all of those interviews in their entirety would be available to watch is pretty exciting because I think it'll give people a sense of how much doesn't make it into a film Mm -hmm. and, and sort of what we get to hear from them is this wealth of information. So to share that I think is really cool as somebody who sat down and like laboriously listened to some of those and and transcribed them and stuff. I can tell you that there's just a huge amount that you'll be pretty excited to hear and Um, that links in. One of those that just hit me, uh, there's actually three. So we interviewed Bill Brand, Paul Bartholomew, and um, Brian Gosselin twice. And I have the first interviews. Oh, wow. And those, they're, they're completely different from what is in, was in the movie the mm-hmm. second time we shot it. So we um, could potentially be posting those as well. Yeah, that um, would be super interesting. Yeah, like those are really cool. I'm actually excited about mm-hmm. that. Now, the other thing we did there that it, in the movies uh, on the trail of and beast of Whitehall and boggy Creek monster there that when I'm talking about deleted scenes, there's scenes uh, in boggy Creek beast of Whitehall and on the trail of where Shannon or myself or, or just the winter or Lyle and witnesses or whatever have these conversations. Those conversations are not the like two, three minutes that you're watching mm-hmm. in the movie. They're, extensive the schoolhouse scene that wraps up bell witch ran for over an hour and i cut it down to three three minutes and 20 seconds or something and that's the kind of stuff i really want to get in there right Um, like the graveyard conversation mm -hmm. and how that 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 was was 40 yeah that was like 40 minutes i mean just what you saw the first time was Mm -hmm. like six minutes long or something and i cut that way down Mm -hmm. um so yeah, this is this is really exciting and it is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. We started sort of promoting this last last spring with the intention of launching it right before Jason and I went on the Arizona Nevada trip. Mm-hmm. But the logistics of how I was going to handle editing together all this content and posting content yeah, on the fly. On the fly was way too much. Mm-hmm. Um and so having Aaron sort of join the team has been a huge help when it comes to that. His sole job right now is to get that stuff in order. So we, we literally have someone just sitting here getting stuff ready for the squad launch. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, and, and, and it's, I don't want this to seem like a sales pitch, but it, it is like, we're very conscious of making this, affordable so if you're joining at a low tier you're still getting a ton of stuff so yeah. it's just like we do with the kickstarter we make everything as as uh value oriented as we can mm-hmm. all right is that it do we need to address anything else with that no i think that's that's it that covers it yeah dial one nine hundred uh yeah hopefully that didn't seem like a sales pitch we we are i i genuinely excited about this though like we've We've been talking about it for so long. I think yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be the, you know, the most revealing look, I think, at how these movies get made. Because we talk about it a lot mm-hmm. on this show, because uh, we can. Yeah. And we're Much supposed to. to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that interview, the, or that review the other day. Um, but it's, it's one thing for us to sort of process it, but it, it's another to observe it. And I can't imagine, like, 
I personally would like to see the footage of like the posse scene from Momo, mm-hmm. whatever BTS there is not for that. much. You know what I'm doing with that? I, I actually asked Aaron if I could edit all that stuff. So I'm supposed to be editing Bigfoot Journey right now because okay. we're, we're just wrapping on Bell. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be jumping right into that. I'm going to take about two weeks and do this Momo stuff because mm-hmm. I've really got an idea of how to do it and to integrate all the the unused footage because there's take after take after take right. during that posse sequence. And we're going to use, you're going to have a lot of like outtakes That's cool. mixed with what little behind the scenes footage there is from that particular scene. And then stills, there's tons of stills. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of integrating all of that. And then I'll probably kind of talk people through. I really had an idea of how I want to do that one mm-hmm. Momo. Cause it's so it's insane. I, I can't get over how wild that shoot is. Cause like we're coming <laughs> off of bell, Witch, and bell, Witch was really crazy. Bell, Witch wasn't stressful. It was the opposite of stressful. I'm looking at Momo and I'm like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised we like, I survived it because we had that just the documentary shoot was so stressful. Like just looking at the, the behind the scenes from the documentary is insane. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, we had, have we talked, we talked on this, this is going to be our impromptu discussion about about Skinwalker Ranch and maybe paranormal TV in general, which I think we've talked about on the show yeah, before. Once in a while. But um the the um you know what one thing I want to mention here, um I'm friends with Nick Groth. Nick's got a show he made called Dead Walker. Um interesting thing about Nick is they Nick and uh Elizabeth Saint launched this Viddy Space platform a couple of years ago and it is kind of like entirely geared at self-generated content, independent content. When I say self-generated, a lot of, there is content, a lot of content on there that's been created by Nick and Elizabeth um, <clears throat> and posted to the, to the platform. I'm going to have to cough again. <clears throat> going to make sure I edit this episode. Um, <clears throat> the Nick, so Nick made the show. He texted me the other day and we were talking about it. He made this show with a crew of two. It was him on camera and a camera guy and then Elizabeth editing. And when you see the promo, it does not look like that. Like it mm. is, it is, it's a very, uh, well, like well put together promo. Um, anyway, I had talked to Nick about that. It just hit talking about all this indie stuff. Just made me think of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they do sound? I don't know. I haven't talked to him. About okay. It. Let's hope that, they work honestly, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> Andrew Peterson, I think Andrew occasionally has to run one man crew mm-hmm. running sound himself. And it's, it's totally possible when you got one of those gear bags and mm-hmm. everything. So it's probably, I'm assuming it's something like that. Um, okay. Paranormal TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we had someone write in and talk about this skinwalker ranch show. Um, a couple just recently. Yeah. Like two episodes Sky? ago. Yeah, it? it was Sky. Okay. Um, Sky wrote in from Japan and, and mentioned this Skinwalker Ranch TV show. Um, I don't, I've talked about it on the show. I don't watch new paranormal TV. Um, I got into Unidentified last year and I'm getting out of it after this year. <laughs> after this year. <laughs> um, so I had been following that because I buy it. Um, but I was... Uh, I I was watching, I was bored. Like, was this last week or the week before when I started texting you about it? Week before, yeah. Week before, I was bored 
I saw Skinwalker Ranch show up on Amazon Prime and I thought I would buy it. So I bought the first episode fully intending to watch it while I did something else, you know, and just kind of turned my brain off and it could play in the background or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I and I watched it. Um, and full disclosure, I hate the production company who's involved in the making of the show. <laughs> like we've talked, I've been very open about the fact that they've tried to rip me off multiple times and I've had issues with them pretty much from day one. Um, <clears throat> so this is no, this is in no way a, uh, endorsement of Prometheus entertainment. Uh, I probably should <laughs> okay. I'm going to be bleeping that. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, uh <laughs> This is in no way an endorsement of them. Um, <laughs> having said that, uh, the show uh, Skinwalker Ranch. So I watched the first episode and I was like, this is solid. Like it, it, it was a solid piece of entertainment. And you've watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. So chime in here. Like, sure. Uh, well, you know. I think, you know, the solid is a good word because it, it sort of sets the, the boundary lines or the parameters <laughs> at least at first, mm-hmm. to sort of manage expectations, which I think is a wise move. You know, it, it doesn't start out with all of these claims of of grandeur. Right. And so it, it builds to something, uh, you know, presumably from a more rational standpoint. And I think the other part of it is, and I've probably touched on this before, but the, just being able to see the locations that are all mentioned in the book, you sort of imagine your own pictures in your mind based on what you've read, but to actually see sort of the, the character of the landscape was sort of a big deal to me. Cause I always wondered, you know, how remote is it really? And, and other things, you know, and, and it seems pretty remote and pretty rugged. Um, and just to lay eyes on some of the structures and, you know, to, to think that's the place where they had the locks on both sides of the doors and, those little details is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a skinwalker. Um, I I have no knowledge of it. I haven't read the, Mm -hmm. I've read the book and the movie tells you nothing except that Jeremy Corbell has a cool car and a house or whatever. Um, got to bleep all that too. Uh, do we have like a, like we a have fist something fight on, sound effect on there. I don't know what we have. I, we have a bleep button on here. I need to bleep myself when, or if you see, you know, there's gotta be like a face I make before doing it. Like maybe you just go ahead and hit the button. Um, no, the, the, uh, so yeah, I have the same kind of response to it though. Knowing what I know about Skinwalker and even having seen the Corbell movie, mm-hmm. I don't feel like you really got to look inside the place. And yeah. watching this felt like you're there. And so that was a standout thing. To, the, the, the other thing to me is that the people on the show, with one exception, seem fairly normal. Uh, I don't feel like we're really going too hog wild with like personalities. They seem like yeah. legitimate people there's a man named dragon on the show i have to say like can we just not call him that because every (laughs) time it happens i chuckle and it shouldn't be happening but um the the uh man i don't know i i watched the entire season in one week like all all the episodes in fact it might have been five days it wasn't i don't Mm. think it was spread out Mm -hmm. over seven days i watched the whole dang thing um 
I watched that first episode and I was like, that was pretty good. Then I watched the next like three, three or four episodes in a single night. And then I finished it out in a couple nights. Um, it, it, I told Mark, it does kind of go off the rails at times toward the end of the first season. And Mark hasn't seen it all. So I don't really want to go into it because there is some really cool stuff that happens. Spoiler alert, there's a daylight UFO sighting that's pretty rad. Like hmm. what we're talking about is really interesting and does not appear to me to be hoaxed and also doesn't seem to be something that's easily explained away. Hmm. There are things that happen in the season that they act like or they act as if it's a big deal when it's clearly not, okay. which is just typical reality TV. Correct. Yes. But. There are also a lot of things that happen that defy quick explanation unless they're hoaxing on the show, which is a possibility because it's network, it's reality TV. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I would really, honestly, what I would love to do is talk to some of the people that made the show yeah, and, and find out, like just get, try to get a read on what, what's going on there. Mm-hmm. What I guess I'm really curious about is why, what does the ranch owner gain by making this show? If his goal is to get at the truth, he does not really, I don't know that you're going to come to that end by involving a network television show and news crew and TV crews and all that stuff. So is his goal to, to get to the truth or is it to turn Skinwalker Ranch into a tourist destination or what like what's the end game there so i guess that's yeah something are, that stood out to me those are legitimate questions i think and mm-hmm. then, you know in what you've seen you talked about like there's stuff like the daytime sighting it's yeah. pretty um i don't know it seems uh, valid but like you said there's other stuff too that they were overreacting or the reaction was was strange were those all sort of hoaxable moments i mean things that you could see could have an easy no explanation to them yes things where you could see could um there's one thing in particular where there's like a dead dead animal or something walled up in a basement and they they very much ham that up Mm -hmm. like and i mean to the point where they stretch it over two episodes okay um i i thought that was a little over the top I'll just say for for network reality TV, especially paranormal TV, it is very much um, it's very straightforward. It doesn't it it does occasionally deviate into that nonsense arena, but it even then I feel like it steps back pretty quickly from hmm. it. Um, and I'm really excited for you to watch it all because yeah. I want to I want to have a a discussion on this show about it. Okay. And just see like if we're on the same page or if you're in a different, mm-hmm. you know, like what your your take on it. To me, it's it's solid network reality TV. If if there's going to be reality TV about the paranormal, this is what I want it to be. It's like okay. this kind of like th- th- it seems very scientific. Um, it's there. I don't feel like they too often are blowing out of proportion things that are easily explained. It reminds me a lot of monster quest um you get enough of the history of the ranch to keep me sated in that arena Mm -hmm. but i'm as interested in what they're actually doing investigation wise as i am in like spooky stories yeah you know 
<clears throat> um, yeah, that's interesting because the Monster Quest comparison. Yes. When you think back through that, they were always doing something mm -hmm. like an actual experiment of some type. And that's like, what this is like. Okay. And, and, and it's really interesting to the point where I wanted to know what they were going to uncover. And mm -hmm. I am not like that yeah. <laughs> with this kind of stuff. I'm yeah. Like, who cares? Like, this is going to be more nonsense. Yeah. But things happen that are legitimately interesting to me. I, I watched that secret of Oak Island show or the, uh, the Oak Island show. Yeah. It's a lot like a t it's very similar to mm -hmm. that. I'm assuming these are the same people because Kevin Burns, who just died, was involved in the making of Oak Island. And he's also listed mm. on the show. <clears throat> Maybe it's Ken. It's not Ken Burns. So I think Ken, it's Kevin. Yeah. I think it's Kevin Burns. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really, it's really a sh solid show. Mm -hmm. I, I, I recommend watching it. I want to hear from our listeners though, about what they think. Cause I thought it was interesting. Um, we were, we're out of time, so I guess we could end this. We could <laughs> do we, we did good. Yeah, we did great. We really, uh, <laughs> really nailed this show this week. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we'll be back for the big 100 hundredth episode next week. Um, if you want to congratulate us on 100 episodes or suggest <laughs> topics for the show, send them to monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Review the show on iTunes. Leave us a rating or review. Or you can also follow us on all social media, all major social media. Yep. We're yeah. all over. We're all, we're, <laughs> we're there. We're also on the radio in Wadsworth, 97.1 FM. We're, Possibly about to share a building with 97.1 yeah. FM. Yeah. I um, saw a Tom Stugmeyer. I saw that too. Did you see him out walked, there? Oh, did you? He was in the office. He was in there? Walked, yeah. Oh, man. I thought I you meant you saw him when he walked no. in. Yeah, he was in there. No, you know, I would have chatted him up a little yeah. if I would have saw him. But yep. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, okay, uh, that's it. Monsteropolismail at gmail.com. We'll be back for the 100th episode. Monsteropolis is proudly presented on Wadsworth Community Radio 97.1 FM or streaming live at wadsworthcommunityradio.com. It is proudly underwritten by Thurber's Jewelers on the Square in downtown Wadsworth. Wadsworth.